Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Dairy Gold Agri, your solution to all your farm needs. Hello and welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. Later, we'll again emphasise the key points in relation to COVID-19 restrictions and the agriculture sector. We hear from Professor Jerry Boyle, Director of Chagask, and how the authority is coping during the crisis. Bohrabui Comprehensive School has been named as one of five finalist groups in a popular schools competition. Work also continues out in the fields and we have more practical advice from the experts. Farm Talk on C103. The story that dominated Agri-News this week was the new EU support package for the agri-food sector, described in some circles as an insult to Irish farmers. The €80 million scheme involves private storage aid for some dairy and meat products during the coronavirus pandemic. The European Commission will allow products to be withdrawn for up to six months in an effort to rebalance the market. ICMSA says the supports only work out at around €8 for each farmer. Its president, Pat McCormick, says there needs to be a better deal. It's wholly inadequate at €80 million. That would be inadequate if that budget was made available to Irish farmers. I mean, the reality of it is that €80 million uh, out amongst every farmer within Europe would amount to €8. And that won't save anybody in this day and age. There is a belief out there that either the county, Tipperary or Cork would need to get that kind of support on the, on their own. So it's, it's wholly inadequate, certainly does an odd miss and off of it. There was a lot of talk about food and food production and food security being the number two to the health service at this point in time. But certainly that funding is, is no number two. It's a very, very poor effort. Certainly, you know, they're, they're taking us as being very, very secure that we're going to be there. But the reality of it is that farmer incomes, and look, we've seen it in 2019. You know, we saw a beef protest that we'd never seen the likes of before. It's at a 10-year low in 2020, which includes 19. And we've seen milk price come off and come off significantly. So 80 million euros is totally inadequate. ICSA has welcomed the announcement of aids to private storage for beef and lamb, but says the overall effort from the EU falls very short of what's required. It says the meat sector is under particular pressure as prices were only beginning to improve from disastrous lows in 2019. The closure of food services has been spectacularly damaging to the export-dependent sector like Irish beef. ICSA will be keeping up pressure on the government for a proper income support package for farmers to be funded by the European Union. 
Ireland's South MEP Billy Kelleher, who spoke about supports from the EU on Forum Talk a fortnight ago, said the latest proposals fall far short of what's needed to support farmers affected by COVID-19 in order to protect livelihoods and the sector as a whole. He says the level of private storage age for the dairy industry and particularly cheese is of concern. PSAs for beefsteaks are welcome, but further supports are urgently needed. IFA, meanwhile, welcomed the Taoiseach's highlighting of agriculture at the European Council meeting on Thursday. Tim Cullinan said the support package is a long way short of what's needed, given the collapse in exports and prices. Pressures needed at EU level for a much more sustainable financial package, including direct payment aid. We heard this week, too, a report into dairy farming shows the disruption of the global supply chain means there's an oversupply and the price of milk is falling. The sector's worth around €11 billion a year to the economy, with Dairy Industry Ireland saying the European Union needs to give financial support to ensure the industry can continue long term. The group says a fall of 20% in demand would be a loss of up to €840 million a year to dairy farmers. Conor Mulvihill, Director of Dairy Industry Ireland, says pressure is coming down the track. We have been lucky enough to be able to continue working through COVID, but at present we don't have any supports and we're looking for the EU in particular to open its toolbox to allow us to get some supports to ensure its continuity. Dairy is a largely profitable sector of Irish agriculture, but the issue is now um, because of the almost overnight disappearance of global food service and us as an export-oriented dairy economy means that dairy prices are under severe pressure. West Cork-based Carberry Group has announced a turnover of €434 million for 2019, an increase of 3% achieved through growth across all business segments. Milk volumes last year were 567 million litres, an increase of 42% since 2015, and all processed in Balanine. Global production has grown by 20% since 2017, while carbon emissions have been reduced by 11.7%. The €78 million cheese diversification project is due for completion later this year. Carberry groups owned by four Irish cooperatives, Bandon, Barry Road, Drina and Lissavard, and employs over 700 people with over 1,220 local farmer suppliers. IFA is driving an intensive lobbying campaign with TDs and MEPs to get the Minister for Agriculture and the EU Agriculture Commissioner to take urgent action to address the collapse in beef prices as a result of the COVID-19 emergency and the income crisis on livestock farms. Farmers say the authorities cannot continue to ignore the beef crisis in Ireland and IFA has put forward specific proposals for market support and direct payment support for beef farmers. It's emerged too, Lidl is increasing its exports of beef by 20% this year, despite the COVID-19 crisis. The supermarket chain and its beef supplier, Liffey Meats, is sending €14 million worth of products abroad. 17 fresh and frozen beef items are being exported to Lidl stores in the US and Europe. Dermot O'Brien of the Beef Plan Movement says it's welcome news. Every kilo of beef exported out of Ireland is a plus for our economy and our farmers shows confidence in Irish beef as a premium product. However, farmers are still not being paid for producing this quality product. And today, on the 21st of April 2020, farmers are in receipt 1995 prices for what they produce. This is not acceptable. Farmers are being warned of the importance of safety on farms, particularly with more children being at home. Two children have been killed in farm accidents since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. The latest fatality of 14-year-old boy who lost his life in an incident with a tractor in Clare. Six people have died so far this year on farms and the IFA says they'll be looking at updating guidance.
IFA President Tim Cullinan says safety needs to be the utmost of importance on a farmyard. We need to go back again and speak to all the agencies that is involved in farm safety. And so we need to come together again and maybe revise the plans we have and get more emphasis on it again because you know, two two children's deaths, you know, it's too too many. And the six people in total have lost their lives already this year in farm accidents. And uh, you know, we just have to try and do more. Children are at home from school, like they're home now for the last number of months. And I understand the pressures of farmers. But look, I suppose the first thing is farmyards are not playgrounds. And you know, we need to be very conscious of if there's if there's children in playing in the yard. And if a big job tractors are so big now, if they come into a yard. The, the driver of that tractor may not be able to see young children. In every farmyard, there needs to be a safe area for, for younger children that they're not in the main yard. Farm Talk on C103. We continue this week's Farm Talk with a reminder that Smart Farming, the resource efficiency programme run by the IFA in partnership with the EPA, is hosting an online seminar on Tuesday next, April 28th. It's going online this year to address the COVID-19 challenge Despite the disruption to farm life, organisers are keen to build on the success of recent years, albeit in a different format. And there are more details available at smartfarming.ie. Farm Talk's John O'Connor has this report. The Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, in conjunction with the IFA, are hosting an online seminar on Tuesday 28th of April. The seminar, Smart Farming Resource Efficiency Programme, aims to address the COVID-19 challenge and will be held at www.smartfarming.ie, all lowercase. The Smart Farming online seminar will include short 20-minute presentations on fertiliser planning from Grassland Agro, animal breeding strategies and clover management from Chagask. A UCD contribution on ways to reduce methane will be available to view at smartfarming.ie, all lowercase. Any questions based on the presentations may be emailed to smartfarming at ifa.ie, all lowercase. The Minister for Climate Action and the Environment, Richard Bruton, and IFA President Tim Cullinan will also take part in the online Smart Farming Seminar on 28th of April at www.smartfarming.ie or lowercase. Smart Farming leader Paul O'Brien said that we must ensure that the COVID-19 challenges do not prevent farmers from accessing the latest sustainability research and technologies. That's the Resource Efficiency Programme run by the Irish Farmers Association in partnership with the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Thanks, John. Pesticide detections continue in Cork this year, but farmers and other users reminded to use best practice when spraying. Irish Water is working with local authority partners, contractors and others to safeguard the health and well-being of staff and the public and to ensure the continuity of drinking water and wastewater services. There are six priority catchment areas of particular concern where exceedances of pesticides are persistent. There's also a separate watch list of 20 supplies currently, which is also the focus for targeted action. The Glashaboy and Glanmire water supplies, along with the McCroom water supply in Cork, are on the watch list. There's no immediate risk to health in these water supplies, but pesticide users in these areas are being reminded of best practice when spraying their lands. A recently produced video can be viewed on Irish Water's YouTube channel, while information leaflets are available to download at tagisk.ie. 
Quiltas reported a 95% fall in visits to forestry in Cork since the enhanced COVID-19 restrictions were put in place. These are due to continue until May the 5th, having initially been introduced on the 27th of March. Quilta compared the number of visits to its 23 recreational forests in the full week prior to March 27th to the number of visitors in the full week ending April 3rd last. Figures showed a 95% reduction in visitor numbers. To put that in context, 60 people visited Quilta's recreational forest at Gugan Barra in that week, compared with 1,100 the previous week. Quilta thanks the public for observing the restrictions, which it says is a clear signal the public are taking their responsibilities seriously and protecting the most vulnerable communities. Access restrictions continued through Easter, with all on-site car parking closed off. Access is open to local pedestrians. Quilta this week highlighted a forest fire in County Leitrim. The fire broke out in a Ballinamore woodland and was eventually put out by the emergency services. But Quilta says unnecessary pressure was put on frontline workers who were diverted away from focusing on the COVID-19 pandemic while battling the blaze. Spring has finally kicked into gear in recent weeks with favourable weather conditions. Grass growth is picking up and while the burst of growth is long overdue, growing conditions for weeds are also very suitable. Farm Talk caught up with TP Wheelahan's Mark Noonan to find out more about dealing with docks and other weeds. I guess the first thing is the farmers will have, will have applied slurry and fertiliser in the last few weeks. Generally, we would recommend docks to be sprayed two weeks after fertiliser is applied. And the reason for that being, this is when the grass and the weeds are actively growing and you'll get the best result on a spray when you have active growth, Barry. So from now till the end of April would be the best time to spray your docks for broadleaf weeds. Eliminating the weeds now, Barry, will allow grass to grow in their place. This will result in higher quality silage. Just be careful on one point. Uh, your listeners would have noticed up until even nights of the last week, there has been night frost, and that causes damage to docks. If it was cold until recently, especially at night, you'll know there's been damage because the leaves will be purple. Where you see a lot of that, it's better to wait and spray the fresh growth. Now, is there an issue, Mark, if I only got my slurry applied in recent days? If slurry is going on, generally grass covers are probably low. So what tends to happen is slurry will cover and coat dock. Now, in that case, it's very difficult to get the active ingredient onto the plant. So it takes about two weeks for the new leaves to emerge, and we would recommend not spraying for that two weeks after spreading slurry. And in terms of the dock leaf, you know, can I spray them with any growth stage, or is there an ideal time? There's only one fantastic time to spray your docks, and that's six to eight weeks after reseeding. And that's an opportune time to get the, get them before they become adult plants with a, a taproot up to a metre long. So you're knocking them out, and I can elaborate later on that. But overall, if we're talking about just before spraying your silage, yes, timing in general is very important. You're looking at spraying docks under 8 to 10 inches higher across. So in your, in your mind's eye, think dinner plate. That's an ideal size of a dock. Green and leafy, and that's known as the rosette stage. Uh, it's important to use systemic herbicide that will get down and kill out the root of the dock. Killing what's above the ground is only is only uh, part of the problem. It's the dock roots your real issue. They can be up to a meter deep, deep, and that plant will produce sixty to eighty thousand seeds. So what you really need to do is knock out that root. As a general recommendation, Barry, after spraying before you close off for silage, wait a minimum of twenty-one days before cutting for silage, or ideally thirty days. And the reason we say this is to allow the product to work down to the root and let the docks perish completely, because you don't want any uh, rotting docks going into the clamp or into your bale because it does affect the fermentation process. Now Mark, ideally I suppose it's to get at the weed completely so how can we ensure this? 
it's very difficult to get one spray that's going to give you 100% control. Uh, I'd, of, I'd often use the analogy of it's like it's almost like using an antibiotic for a chest infection. It's a course, it's a programmed approach that you would need with doc control, particularly where you have high levels of infestation. But again, the key is to use a systemic product that kills out the root. Uh, older products on the market going back decades would have just killed the leaf, so we're trying to get at the root below the ground. We recommend also, Barry, using higher recommended levels of water, and the reason for that is studies show that you get a better long-term control of the dock. For example, with Dockstar Pro, we recommend it at the half rate of a litre per hectare with three to 400 litres of water. This would ensure good coverage of the weed where shading may occur where the grass is strong inside this ground. And if I was noticing a lot of docks on the silage yield this year, if I don't spray, will that yield be affected ultimately? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chagas would have carried out uh, a lot of work a number of years ago, and I suppose to make it short and sweet and put it in a nutshell, they found that for every 1% dock infestation, there's a corresponding 1% reduction in yield. So what's common would be a 10% dock infestation, and that's going to reduce your yield by 10%. And in real terms, if you're in for 10 tonnes of dry matter over two cuts, a 10% dock infestation is going to produce one tonne of docks. Not ideal. Not to mention, that's just a yield penalty, but the reduction in silage quality and punctured bales as a result of stems, that all adds up as well to uh, wasted product. And I suppose, considering conditions then, Mark, when I am spraying, you know, what's the ideal condition, or is there one? Ensure that you, when you spray, that the leaf is dry. Now, morning or evening is fine. If the grass has a dew on it, that's not an issue. Once the leaf of the dock is dry, and that should be sitting up above the grass. It's also better not to spray under a hot sun. This may risk scorching the grass. Cloudy conditions are ideal. Never spray in grout conditions. And that goes for all sprays on the market. All herbicides rely on moisture in the soil to work. And finally, check the forecast for rain. You know, if you spray now and you get a shower in 20 minutes, it's washed off. You need two hours for most products to be rain-fast. And these sprays, putting, I suppose, uh, an economic consideration into it, Mark, you know, are they expensive? How much will they cost? For silage ground, most sprays are in the €15 to 38 per acre, including VAT. Again, Dockstar Pro at the half rate of a litre per hectare, which has been mentioned, that's costing €18, including VAT per acre. Now, we've been looking at docks, but there are other weeds to consider as well. And maybe just to, to finish up, what else should we be looking out for at this time? Uh, everyone in the country can see over the last two weeks when the, when the little bit of warmth came into our weather, dandelions are starting to flower. They're flowering in the cities, they're flowering in the fields and the countryside. Another one at the moment is coming in and it'll be April and May type weed is buttercup. And we're expecting a lot of creeping buttercup this year, Barry. The reason being, it tends to be worse after a wet autumn. And a, and a winter and we certainly had that last year and ragworth then finally mark should that be a consideration always being a noxious weed it's generally unpalatable in the green space so if you, if you have a lot of ragwort in your field once it's been sprayed and it's dying it becomes palatable and poisonous to stock and that's a really important thing to remember so you must allow the plant to perish completely before reintroducing stock as a general rule with our products, you're allowed back into the field seven days after spraying for all weeds, except ragwort. You don't come back until the weed is perished. So the key is to spray it at the rosette stage. The smaller you spray that weed, the quicker it perishes and dies, and you're allowed to put your animals back into the field. There's two opportune times to spray ragwort, in the spring and the autumn. You will, you, you, you will get rosettes coming at both times. The key is to have active growth, particularly in the autumn, and it's, a, it's, it's an opportune time to spray as well because there's less pressure 
for for having uh, grazing animals back in the field and you can close it off. So always remember, mild weather, active growth, but get it when it's small. The bigger it is, the longer you're going to be locked out of the field. TP Wheelahan's Mark Noonan there. The body representing food safety says there's no need to wash or disinfect items from your shopping basket when you return home, but you should wash your hands after you receive a takeaway to the door. SafeFood says while there's some evidence coronavirus can survive on hard surfaces, the risk from handling food packaging is very low and there's no evidence the disease can be transmitted in this way. SafeFood also advises people wash their hands before and after handling the package from the takeaway deliveries, which has spiked significantly since the outbreak of the pandemic. Farm Talk on C103. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Professor Jerry Boyle, Director of Tagus, joins us now on the challenges facing the Agriculture and Food Development Authority in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, I mean, look, We've probably done more in terms of adapting to the, the new digital world in the last four weeks than might have taken a year otherwise. I mean, we, we had to overnight virtually transform the way we interact with farmers. And uh, we're delivering a substantial amount of our material now online. But, of course, um, phone contact is hugely important as well, using text messaging and so on. And Many farmers are more preferred the phone option. Then there's a, there's a number of farmers as well that actually we know uh, rely on radio. Radio is hugely important. I mean, indeed, important for all of us to keep our sanity at the current time. But um, And, of course, print media. And we, it's very important we don't forget that. And we're, we're going to try and up our involvement now on both local radio and on print media over the next, uh, over the next while. Uh, the other side, of course, which is much more important, is there's been a massive conf- uh, consequence for the food industry uh, as a result of COVID. Demand has collapsed across the board, particularly for so-called food services. And that has had, is going to have, and is already indeed evident, it's going to have huge implications for 
uh, beef prices and uh, also for milk. And so farmers are, are going to find, particularly beef farmers, are going to find huge challenges in uh, managing cash flow over the next um, over the next while. So we're going to have, in Chagas, are going to have to gear up our whole operation now to try and help farmers to minimise the financial hit that that uh, that's going to affect them over the next over the next period of time. And the communication that you're having with farmers at the moment, what are their greatest problems, Jerry? Well, uh, you see, farmers tend to. It's a very busy time of the year. We're coming out of it now, at least for, particularly for dairy farmers. So they tend to focus on the immediate and um, managing calving and so on, and they're heading into their second grass rotation and, uh, and those kind of issues. I think they're going to be turning their mind now, clearly, as the, the price situation emerges, um, as to how they're going to manage to contain costs over the, over, over the next period of time. Um, and, and that's where the focus will lie. I, I've had the, I've been fortunate enough, uh, Barry, over the last couple of weeks now, to sit in virtually, so to speak, and the number of discussion groups that we're holding around the country. And it, uh, the concentration has been very much on the immediate issues. Um, but that's going to turn now, I think, to uh, the issues that are emerging as a consequence of COVID in terms of of the markets out there. The big story of this week has been the figure that the EU has given us by way of support. What's your immediate reaction to that? Well, look, we, we, we in Chagas have done a lot of analysis that we've shared with the department on the implications of a different number of scenarios as regards agricultural prices, because that's really the pressure point. Um, it's fair to say at this stage it's very hard to be definitive uh, except for one thing that prices are going to fall but the the range potential range is enormous because it'll depend on how long this uh, crisis persists and hopefully when we're over the worst of it um, the, the nature of the recovery so when we do our analysis you know there's going to be a substantial hit um, on farm incomes and the only way that that can be contained really is uh, is going to be through some uh, support package. And look, it's fair to say at this stage that the package that's uh, on offer is not sufficient for the challenge. You know, I'm, I'm, that's out there. Um, I'm presuming there'll be, uh, the minister will be um, leading the charge uh, to improve that package. But th- th- there's two dimensions that are important. I mean, um, one is the support for the market, and there are limited range of tools that are available um, uh, to support the market. And then obviously there are issues in relation to direct transfers to farmers. Uh, Now we've been working really, really hard uh, to ensure that all the uh, single farm payment applications are well in before next month's deadline. Uh, and it's essential that they're delivered out to farmers as quickly as possible. But look, farming is no different to other sectors insofar as uh, they're going to experience a substantial economic hit. And other sectors, admittedly, many of them have gone out of business entirely, have a, 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 you know very good supports from government, and, and uh, agriculture are no different in that they will expect uh, something very similar. 
Professor Jerry Boyle, Director of Tiagusk. The Department of Agriculture has just released an updated bovine TB newsletter. Farm Talk's John O'Connor has been looking at the main findings. It shows that while in the last three years there has been unfortunately a worsening of the TB detection situation, more herds have been discovered to be infected. But of course we must keep a sense of perspective at under 4% bovine TB incidence in Ireland remains at a far lower level than it had been in previous uh, decades. So, in actual fact, we, we can't say progress has been made, but complacency may have stepped in. And looking at, we we'll say, the Cork situation, Cork North for the period had 577 reactors out of 1,289 herds which have been tested with 62 herds restricted since 1st of January 2020. And Cork West, far fewer reactors. Cork West had 164 reactors out of the 1,110 herds tested with 34 herds restricted since 1st of January 2020. Now, while this, of course, is causing concern, nonetheless, it's understandable if you look at developments since the abolition of the EU milk quota regime, of course, dairy herds expanded uh, enormously. So in that respect, people bringing in animals, buying and uh, selling animals, you have in that situation the potential, like with the uh, COVID-19, the potential to bring in disease into herds despite your best efforts. We've only taken a tiny excerpt from this extremely important report, six pages long. But if you look at www.bovinetb.ie, the full review is available there. So that's the situation, Barry. That's a broad overview of this. And I might add that the main provisions of the Bovine TB COVID-19 protocol, they are to be reviewed on the 2nd of May. So in that respect, the 2nd of May would be a key date for review of the present provisions, the present protocol for Bovine TB COVID-19. Thanks, John. This week it was revealed Boherbui Comprehensive School, one of five school groups chosen to rear five Irish Angus calves for 18 months as part of a unique schools competition. It's run in association with processing partners ABP and KEPAC as it aims to encourage second level students to gain an understanding about the care and attention required to produce and market the highest quality Irish Angus beef for consumers. Teacher Lorraine Healan explains how they got the news that the group had made the finals. You know, there's been so much happened since when we left school and everything and the only emails I had got was that, the, you know, that the competition was postponed. So we just didn't expect to hear for a while. And um, then we were told, I got an email and we were told to just watch this announcement on Facebook um, Wednesday gone. And um, yeah, it was a right shock to watch it. Obviously, I was watching it on my own and the kids were at home watching it on their own. And uh, we just saw it was like Google Maps and it zoomed in on Bohabui on the map. So I just let a scream out. We were delighted. Putting Bohabui on the map, so to speak. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and when, <laughs> did you, when did you get involved with this competition? How, how long ago did it all begin? Do you know what? Um, these students were just so enthusiastic. Um, the competition probably began last October, October 2019, but they actually came to me, I'm going to say last May, and they said, we want to be in this. When it starts, we want to be in it, you know? So I was very impressed by that. (laughs) And what was involved in the competition then, Lorraine? Um, The very first step, they had to make a video, and the video was to show the agricultural nature of our school and our community. 
So they came up with very good ideas for the video. Um, including yeah, they put in a video entry and David decided to bring his tractor to school as part of um, the video. So he had just got his license, so it was great excitement. We were already kind of um, picked out and got through to the next round because of the video. And then the next step was the students had to attend um, an interview in Limerick. And they were interviewed by uh, members of, um, I suppose, the, the farming industries that are involved in the competition. So there was Keypack and ABP and Certified Irish Angus. So those three groups were, you know, they got a fair grilling and uh, they got through that round then as well. I think like they're just really enthusiastic about their topic. And I suppose they had um, started working already at that stage on haltering a unique Red Angus calf. And um, they were kind of just tracking the progress of how that went and they could talk a lot about that. Teacher Lorraine Heelan. Now, the three students involved are Rachel Breen, Amy Walsh and David Kenny. At the first stage, we had to make an entry video to get into the competition at all to show how our school was related to agriculture. So that was a three-minute entry video. I brought the tractor into school and, you know, we shot a few clips and, we, and like, a main thing we're doing as well is we're halting. That's, a main, that's our main project, like, we're halting cattle because... I come from a showing background and uh, another member in my team, Rachel Breen, she also comes from a showing background. So we decided that we'd halter to a pedigree heifer and uh, just a commercial heifer, uh, both four-star and docility. So we'd done a six-week test in on who would be better. Like, you know, we'd done different tests, like who would react better to noise, who would react better to the show stick, who would react better to being clipped and who would react better to being washed. So it was a mighty team effort and you had two girls, Amy and Rachel, with you. So yeah. how, how did you make it all work? How did you divide out the duties, as it were? As I said, me and Rachel were from a showing background and we're all about teamwork. So we wanted to get Amy really involved in the showing as well. So we, we just taught Amy a few things. Like, and sure, she picked it up very fast and she got very involved and she even said it at the end of it. It brought us all together even more and that she liked the showing and she wants to go to a few more agriculture shows now during the summer. Hopefully there'll be a few on. David Kenny there and well done too to Rachel Breen and Amy Walsh and their teacher Lorraine Heelan. And we'll be following Boherbui Comprehensive School's progress come September when they receive their five Irish Angus calves which they'll rare for 18 months. Farm Talk on C103. IFA's welcomed the Taoiseach's highlighting of Irish agriculture this week at the European Council meeting on Thursday. Tim Cullinan said the support package announced is a long way short of what's needed given the collapse in exports and prices. He says pressure is needed at EU level for a much more sustainable financial package, including direct payment aid. IFA has also been continuing the campaign this week on beef price supports and direct income aid. Irish Farmers Association President Tim Cullinan has been telling Farm Talk of some of the progress made. What we achieved early in the week is the Commission came from a position of they weren't doing anything for agriculture to at least to have implemented the Nails to Private Storage Scheme, albeit if you look at 80 million in an EU context, it's a very small amount of money. But, you know, we have opened the door. And I suppose if we look at it, what has happened particularly in in livestock side in the beef finishers uh, since the onset of COVID obviously the markets have been depressed because um, food service sector right across Europe has been closed there was a bounce at retail level but obviously not near enough to pick up the volumes of beef that's, that's been processed so what has happened is 
processors, first thing they do is drop the price, but more alarmingly, they're not slaughtering the volume of cattle that's coming forward, so there could be a third of cattle being left on farms. And I suppose the way I described this earlier on is the factories are using the farmers as an APS scheme by leaving cattle, finished cattle on farms, so it's a substantial cost to farmers feeding those cattle, and John uh, they need to get them moved on. So now we have an if private storage scheme which uh, would allow the, the, the processors to put the stakes uh, into storage for during the short term because the stakes are the problem at the moment because people are they're not out eating in restaurants, they're living at home and they're eating the cheaper cuts, mint. And uh, so at least now I think there's a responsibility on the, the, the process to take up this scheme, get, get it up and running and get the backlog of cattle slaughtered immediately and as well as that, it, this should lead to stabilising the price and improving the price that has been paid to farmers at the moment. Because oh, beef finishers at the moment are losing substantial money on, on those cattle. And the other measure that we, were, we are lobbying very strongly on at the moment is um, the beam scheme that was introduced last year. There was 24 million of that uh, scheme unspent and look... I mean, and we in IFA have been pushing the minister very, very hard on this, that he would release that money to, to in a direct payment to be finishers to compensate for part of the losses there at the moment. And he can readily do that because the EU Commission has lifted the state aid rules to the level of each farm can get up to €100,000 in state aid. So all the minister has to do here is get approval from his cabinet and release that money immediately. So I think that is critical that the minister would do that immediately to alleviate the, the hardship that, that beef finishers are suffering. Tim Cullinan, president of the IFA, and some of the issues that they've been pressing this week. Here's a question. Has COVID-19 changed the way you shop and cook? Flour is up there with toilet roll as a commodity that's in high demand at the moment. Retailers are working closely with suppliers to keep stocks of baking ingredients on shelves as a result of the dramatic rise in the number of people baking. But has COVID-19 influenced wider aspects of consumer attitudes and behaviour in regards to food? Researchers at Tiagoskid UCC are collaborating with the University of Antwerp and across the globe to find out more about consumer shopping, cooking and baking, eating and media habits before and during the COVID-19 restrictions. Consumers are invited to participate in the survey. Twitter hashtag Corona Cooking Survey. Joining the Farm Talk programme now is Liam Stack, Dairy Gold Agribusiness Ruminant Technical Manager. We began by assessing the current conditions. It's very busy at the moment. Things are going very well out in the farm. You know, the, the weather is good, growth is good, and milk protein levels are, are good at, at farm level. Our milk proteins are, you know, probably 3% ahead year to date than they were compared to last year on a week by week basis, or 2% ahead of, uh, of last year from a milk protein standpoint. Lots of grass out there. Farmers, a lot of farmers are, you know, finished their first round. Some farmers are just about finished their first round. Um, and we're getting queries on, you know, what to do with heavier covers. Um, of grass out there. And the thing about heavier covers is, Barry, that, you know, if you're going into a paddock that's, you know, greater than 2,000 of a cover, it is going to be a lower um, UFL than a, than, a, than, than a paddock that's 1,500 of a cover, and it's going to have a negative effect on production, mainly volume and milk protein. So we would be advising farmers to um, skip these paddocks, you know, um, either bail them immediately or top, up them, top them up with a small bit of extra fertiliser and put them into to, to their main um, 
first cut of um, silage that's come, that will be coming in the next kind of fortnight, three weeks, that kind of way out of farm level. And when the farmer wants to know if things are going right for him, Liam, how will he know? Your, your main goal right now with cows reporting the breeding season is they need to be on a rise in tendon nutrition, um, which need, means they need to be either gaining weight or at very minimum they need to have lost stock or losing weight. Um, and to affect that at farm level, you're looking at the energy intake of your cow. Um, and to give you a window of how your cows are doing from an energy standpoint, milk protein is your best figure to look at at farm level. So if milk proteins are going well, it's a good this year compared to last year, um, you know, your cows are being fed well from an energy standpoint. The most important thing with milk protein is that you get milk protein high um, while also getting good grades out. Like there's no point in having, you know, or, or feeding excessive levels of concentrates and having, you know, excessively strong milk proteins while grades out of your paddocks wouldn't be good enough. You need to make sure you're getting down to four centimetres. So it's all about feeding concentrates and balance with where your cows and your energy demand and energy requirement is. Now there should be good growth in the grass at this time. How do we test for, you know, what's out there in the field at the minute? I suppose that there is good growth. There's a lot of grass around there. There's a lot of people going to be taking silage, probably taking silage maybe this year a small bit earlier than previous years. And we need to make sure that um, your silage is, is at the correct stage um, before we cut it. And when, when you look at silage from a um, insolubility or a preservation standpoint, you, you have two conflicting properties contained within grass. You have the sugar level, which feeds the lactic acid-producing bacteria and is working to drive the silage pH down or preserve it. But you have nitrates, on the other hand, um, which are working to hold pH up. And you need to make sure that you have enough sugar inside in the grass um, to ensure that you can overcome the nitrate challenge. The only way to know where you are from a nitrate and from a sugar standpoint is to test your grass before you, you will cut silage. And within our laboratory in Numberstown, we offer a service where we will test um, fresh grass for sugar and, and nitrate. And if you have a sample into us before um, 10 a.m. in the morning, you will get the same day results for your sugar and nitrate level. Liam Stack, Dairy Gold Agribusiness, Ruminant Technical Manager. Well, IFA is maintaining its COVID-19 advice in light of the measures announced by the government. Agriculture deemed an essential service and exempt from the current directive to stay at home. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine has a telephone helpline to assist farmers with their queries in relation to the current COVID-19 restrictions. The department's also published a set of frequently asked questions on the coronavirus COVID-19 section of the department's website. Tagish also has a helpline for farmers and the website tagish.ie also a prime source of information on the full range of issues facing farm businesses. Thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thanks for listening. Dairy Gold Agri, your solution to all your farm needs. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colours to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,